You are listening to Mama's Roots Are Showing podcast, where we recognize that we get one motherhood and our children get one childhood. If you'd rather not wing it, if finding yourself in motherhood sounds better than losing yourself in motherhood, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Nicola, and I invite you to join me as we explore the nooks and crannies of this once-in-a-lifetime journey. So get comfortable, grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine, and take some time for you. I want to introduce you to a wonderful company called Dry Farm Wines. So I learned about a little over a year ago that wine can be labeled organic, and yet all that means is that the grapes were farmed organically. And it can have up to 76 awful ingredients in it that don't have to be shared on a nutrition label. Dry Farm Wines is solving this problem. They only source the best organic, biodynamic wine from all around the world. They have a subscription that is right for everyone. You can do it uh, three bottles every once a month, every three months. You can do six bottles. You can do 12 bottles. You can do reds. You can do whites. You can do bubbly. And I promise you that you are going to enjoy every single bottle and you can feel good about it because you're actually gaining the health benefits from drinking these beautiful wines. As a Mama's Roots Are Showing listener, you can visit them at dryfarmwines.com forward slash Mama's Roots, that's M-A-M-A-S-R-O-O-T-S, which I will link in the show notes, and you can get an extra bottle of wine for one penny by using that link. So please check them out. I would appreciate it. And know that when you do, you are supporting my little family. So I am here with Sammy from A Sunny Side Up Life, and Sammy is a money guru. (laughs) And this season, we're talking about relationships. And of course, our relationship with money is super important. And so before we dive right in and talk about that, um, Sammy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and what has brought you to where you are today Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, I love like any kind of motherhood type podcast (laughs) because this is my people. So thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, Yeah. So like you said, I'm a money expert, budgeting coach. I am also a wife to my high school sweetheart, Daniel. Uh, He works in offshore oil transportation. So he's gone a lot. He's gone for like three weeks and then he's home for three weeks. And so we kind of live like a double life, which keeps things interesting. (laughs) Um, And we also homeschool our three daughters. So I work from home and homeschool my kids. I solo parent (laughs) three weeks out of, you know, every six weeks. And, you know, this is, this is what we've been doing. We've been together since I was 15. He was 18. You know, our kids don't really no life other than this offshore work schedule. Um, So we kind of have a little bit of a non-traditional life in that sense. Uh, We live in East Texas. We spend a lot of our days either at home together, you know, we're, we're home a lot with homeschooling and working from home, but we also love to do outdoorsy things. So that's kind of us in a nutshell. Um, As far as our money journey specifically goes, We started our debt-free journey with um, almost a half a million dollars worth of debt. 
And we started towards the end of 2014, right after we had our second daughter. And we kind of like had this moment where like, oh man, we have two kids. We're like real adults now. (laughs) We need to really like (laughs) get our lives together. We, you know, it just kind of hit like a rock bottom kind of moment with our money. All of our credit cards were maxed out. We had no savings and we're like, we're people, we're somebody's parents, you know, and we're still acting like this. We got to get this together. So we kind of took control of our finances, didn't know what we were doing, didn't even, you know, Instagram wasn't what it is now. So there wasn't like all these little niche communities like there is Mm -hmm. now. We didn't, we, you know, we kind of just started wandering through the dark, like a lot of people do figured out how to do it. So we started budgeting, we started changing our habits by, you know, the normal things, eating at home more, being a little more intentional with our purchases And that kind of escalated over the years to eventually downsizing from a 3,200 square foot house to about a 700 square foot house. And that happened over the summer of 2017. So, you know, we were a good two and a half or so years into our journey. We're like, all right, ready to like (laughs) really speed this up, sell our house. We finally became 100% debt free. And basically, I took all of those experiences that I learned over those years and started my business, started sharing what I was doing, eventually started um, coaching other women and doing, you know, figuring out how to set up their family's budget. And that's what I've been doing for the last six years. So I think that's my whole life story (laughs) in a couple (laughs) of minutes. But that's me. Yeah. I love it, though. First of all, I am a fellow homeschooling mama. So you're just, you know, speaking to my heart right there. That's wonderful. But it's so amazing to hear your story and to know where you were and now where you are today. That is a tremendous transformation that your family underwent. Now, can you tell me a little bit? You you spoke a little bit about how, okay, we're adults, we're parents, we need to (laughs) (laughs) we need to grow up and do this. What was like the trigger for that? Right. So unfortunately, like a lot of people, it doesn't always have to get this bad. But for us, it was like hitting that rock bottom. It was having no more safety net, no more credit cards, uh, no more available balance, no more savings, and just really feeling like, what are we going to do? And a lot of my clients get to that point as well. And sometimes it's these big life events that really push it like us for having our second Mm -hmm. daughter. Um, Like I said, my husband works offshore. And so for us, that rock bottom moment happened to be right before she was born because of his crazy work schedule. I had to, you know, induce all of my (laughs) babies to like make sure he was home. And it was a very scheduled scheduled event with every child because we were like, God forbid he misses a a birth of a child. Um, So that's what we were doing. And it was like two or three days before she was born. We had, you know, the induction date was set. He's like, okay, let me know when you schedule it. I'm going to buy a flight. I'll be home. We'll, We'll figure it out. And we ended up having to max out our very last credit card in order for him to get home. It was this like eight or $900 flight. You know, you buy a flight two or three days before. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> right. And it, it let us go over um, on the credit card. We had like two or $300 available, but it let us charge it because it was like one 
purchase. And oh, yeah. after we did that, I was sitting on the floor crying, you know, nine months pregnant and oh. um, already, you know, just really in a great mental state and crying and being <laughs> like, how could I be so irresponsible? What if that credit card purchase wouldn't have went through? What if he, what if we couldn't have afforded for him to fly home? What are like, what are you doing? And then I, we basically stayed in that state for you know, nine or 10 months because postpartum is super fun, especially with, mm. you know, your second kid. And we lived in that really rock bottom with no safety net for like 10 months. And I finally, you know, started feeling like myself a little bit more that that much after she was born. It was like, this is the time we're going to clean this up. We're going to fix this. And we're completely on the other side of it. Now, I mean, we're we're back in debt now. Um, we have bought another house. We did rent for like five years in between. Um, we have a piece of property with 18 acres. So we have both our houses in town. Our property is out of town. So we are back in debt now, but it's not the burden that it was back then. It is much more, it was very intentional. It is below our means. It's we're making sure that we are on track for retirement, all these other things that we kind of we kind of just like start got a clean slate, got completely debt free, rented, rebuilt everything, and just started over. And yeah, I commend it was, you. It was a huge journey. <laughs> Thank you. And it is yeah. it's such um an uncomfortable topic for people to talk about. I mean, people even among friends and relatives, mm-hmm. it's sort of like finances are hush hush. We don't talk about yes. it, right? Can you speak to that a little bit? Why course, it's such yeah. an uncomfortable topic and why so many people are intimidated by it? Because I don't know if you would agree to this, but I feel like because mm-hmm. we don't talk about it, that's why we end up in these uncomfortable positions, right? Yes, exactly. And that's basically what I was going to say. Yeah, it's because we we haven't really normalized the conversation. And I'm always the first one to – I just blurt out all of my money business. Love it. I mean, obviously, I put it all over the internet. My husband <laughs> kind of like wants to like hide his face because I'm constantly like, this is our <laughs> net worth this month. And he was like, will you quit telling people how much money we have in the bank? And I'm like, well, people need to talk about it. Like, come on. And so I try to make – I try to normalize it. And, you know, there's a whole community of people on Instagram who are normalizing it. So I love it. Uh, But it, yeah, it's, it's super vulnerable. And it is kind of one of those things. It's like, we keep it in the shadows, but also on the flip side of that, we see all this outward show of money. Like we drive Mm. our cars, wear our clothes, live in our houses, eat at the places we eat at. You know, we do all these things that are like an outward show of money, but we're not supposed to talk about, well, how did you get there? How did, or is it real? Can you really afford that house? Can you really afford that car? Are you drowning in debt or are you thriving? And you just never really know. And I, I've tried to like kind of normalize this. And basically that's, that's why I think it's uncomfortable is because we don't know enough. And we're like, well, what if I ask, how did you afford that house? And they start talking about stock options and, you know, all these terms that I don't understand. So I'm just not going to ask. And so I think that's like, that's what we do. Like we have to normalize just like every other taboo topic and just like ever. And I think like our generation, I hope our kids' generation is going to get even better. But, you know, we normalize uh, so many other uncomfortable conversations by mm-hmm. shining light on them. 
you know, and that's just what we have to keep doing. I agree with you, but there is this yeah. intimidation factor. You know, you, you you touched on this where you said if you were to ask somebody, they would start talking about things that you have no idea yeah. of. And I have to say, I'm so thankful for Instagram handles like yours. And like you said, these people that are in this arena now making it chewable, bite-sized mm-hmm. amounts to take in because you know, growing up, it was like, okay, I knew I had to have a good credit score. You know, my mom and dad talked to me about that kind of stuff, but there is a whole nother world as far as building your wealth. And as I've gotten older and I'm looking at these Instagram handles and getting these little tidbits of information, I'm like, how the heck did I not know that? (laughs) Right. But we, we don't know what we don't know. We just take it for what it is. And there's so many other topics that I'm not an expert on. And, I, you know, so I find a few people to follow. I've bought a few courses, hire, you know, hired a therapist at one point. You know, like you don't have to be a professional at every single topic. So if it is something that's like really intimidating, find an expert. How can you learn from them? What questions do you need to ask? And, you know, kind of dig into it. And that's, that's how we learn. And I mean, that's what we would tell our kids, right? You don't know how to do something. Well, go and watch a YouTube video on it. That's what I would tell my kids as a homeschool mom. Right. Same thing to grownups, right? You don't know. Well, give it a good Google search and start to dig in, start to learn things. We turn away from learning about it or we're intimidated by it, yet it is impacting us in the biggest way. And we need to start talking about it. (laughs) Yeah. So there's lots of misconceptions surrounding money and money management. Can you kind of break those down for us and tell us how we can begin managing our money and becoming more knowledgeable about how money impacts our money and being more responsible with it? Of course. Yeah. So some of two of the biggest misconceptions that I see on a daily basis is that people are very fearful of budgeting because for one, it means they're going to have to change something. And when you have to change something, that implies that something was wrong in the first place (laughs) and Mm. admitting that maybe we're not perfect, that maybe we don't know everything is really hard. That's like facing all kinds of demons. And like, I won't give you like a whole therapy session on that, but (laughs) that's basically what it means. So there's a lot of misconceptions. So I think busting a lot of the myths is really, really important because we get, we get really scared. Like it's going to be so scary, but a lot of people think that when you live on a budget, it means that you can't spend money anymore because I think we see that kind of on TV and movies and stuff of, well, we're on a budget. We're on a tight budget. Actually, it's really the opposite. It really is giving you permission to spend on the things that are important. And I spend, I feel like I spend so much more money now that I'm on a budget because I give myself an intentional amount of money to have fun with or go out to eat with or go on a vacation with. Just because you're on a budget doesn't mean that you can't spend money. Um, and the the second misconception really is that creating a budget means that you're going to have to start thinking about money 24-7, you're going to have to become obsessed with money in order for it to be successful. And it's actually quite the opposite. The reason why I became a budget coach is because I am obsessed with budgeting and my own budget got really super boring <laughs> because <laughs> refined after a while, I'm like, 
this takes like five minutes. This is no fun. You know? So I was like, how, Oh, I'll just do other people's budgets. So actually I spend way less time thinking about my money now that I have a budget. Cause so I sit down on payday, I spend like 10 to 20 minutes and that's, basically all I have to do for like two weeks. I kind of check in here and there, log into the bank account. Okay, cool. That check cleared. Okay, cool. This is how much money we have. That's really it. So people think that if I create a budget, I'm going to have to spend all my time and energy thinking about money. You're actually thinking about it much more without a budget because you're like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm, I don't know yeah. if that bill came out. I don't know how much that, what about retirement? Oh, I can't think about that right now. And you just carry around this like big to-do list that you never actually really work on. <laughs> so when you do a budget, you're kind of like, oh, okay, cool. I'm on track for retirement. Well, check that off the list. And you get to think about other things. <laughs> it's amazing. So those are those are probably my two biggest misconceptions. There are a lot of financial experts who have huge followings and they basically are like you need to live in a shack and not spend any yeah. money for 10 years <laughs> so that you can then live the life you want for the next, you know, however many years. You know, I understand the idea of living within our means. I think that we do live right. in a society, like you said, where a lot of people are not doing that and they get into these really horrific situations that cause so many problems. But yeah. life is happening right now. And mm -hmm. I love that you, <laughs> on your Instagram and <laughs> on your podcast, you're like, listen, I bought myself this latte. I bought myself oh, this. Yes. This is what a healthy budget looks like. So can you just speak to that a little bit? Because I think that a lot of, of people who are new to budgeting, they have this idea that, oh my gosh, now I'm going to be so restricted. And like you said, it's actually a lot more freedom. Right. Yeah. And a lot of that is really like learning yourself, learning your habits. And that's why I love one-on-one -on -one coaching that I do with my clients because you really, you know, you get to get on a video call with people and ask them like, no, honestly, like how many times are you going to go out to eat this week? Don't, don't <laughs> lie to me and tell me. I have a, one of my favorite like reels that I ever recorded was like when people try to say, it was something about people try to put $0 for their restaurant budget. I'm like, we don't, we don't play that game here. Like, come on, be honest with me. Yeah. Um, you know, at least like once a week. I mean, come on. So the whole point is to not hate your life in the process of doing this. It's to find a nice middle ground between we don't want to set ourselves up for failure and say our restaurant budget's going to be zero. And then we get overwhelmed one night, we order pizza, right? And then we're like, well, now I just failed. Okay, we don't want to do yeah. that, but we also don't want to be so indulgent that we're like, yeah, I don't care, $500 on restaurants, and then you can't pay your mortgage or something, <laughs> you know? So we have to kind of find that middle ground. That looks different for everybody. That's the whole point of like, they call it personal finance because it should be personalized. I will suggest a different restaurant budget for maybe a, a family that has two parents and the one parent gets to stay home and like has all that time and energy to cook meals. Right. Or, um, I have a lot of single moms that are clients. Uh, I have a couple of clients that are single moms and entrepreneurs. You can imagine their restaurant budget is quite a bit higher because they don't have the time and energy to cook every single meal. So sure. it's like, 
how do we be realistic? How are we like, what does my life look like? What can I Mm -hmm. actually obtain? And so it's a lot of that. And it's a lot of like, well, okay, if you make your restaurant budget $100 higher, that's $100 you can't apply to debt. How important is that to you? There's not a right or wrong answer. I don't know. You tell me, you know? And so that's a lot of how my coaching conversations (laughs) go. Like, let's, let's be realistic about this. That's, that's how we do it. And allowing it to evolve. I think, exactly. you know, for me, like that resistance to have a budget is also like, oh gosh, if I do this now, I'm stuck <laughs> with this forever. Right. And, and that's yeah. not the way that it is. You have to check in with yourself. But I'm sure that, you know, how yeah. many times have you had to change your budget, you know, over oh. the course of this journey? You constantly, well, you constantly change it every two weeks, really. You know, I tell everyone, like, don't just blindly copy and paste because, I mean, we'll use the example of restaurants because that always seems to be like the controversial (laughs) topic. But I don't know. What are you doing this week? Are you know, are you sick this week and you have to DoorDash every single dinner or do you feel great and you're in a cooking mood? I don't know. Mm. You know, like you can't just blindly copy and paste. You have to, it's a living document. It has to move and grow with you and you're going to screw it up. You're going to, life is going to happen. You can always tell when somebody's had something unexpected come up in their life, you know, a sick kid or because that'll show up in your, in your money. Definitely. Always. And the flip side of that though, is like what you said, I feel like I'm going to have to do this forever. Mine was kind of the opposite of that. I felt like I was going to have to be stuck in survival mode forever. So I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I would much rather have to check in with a spreadsheet every two weeks than basically dread my life day to day. My husband feel like he was going to be stuck in this job that he doesn't really enjoy until he's like 70. That seems way worse. So it was kind of like, let's think about something a little better bigger and I would rather not stuck be stuck in survival mode. That was the biggest thing for us. And it sounds like there was a bit of a mindset shift there. So Definitely. not living necessarily like right in the moment, but also, you know, you were talking about your husband and his career and retirement. So yeah. what what made you have that mindset shift where you went, okay, we're in survival mode right now because of our spending that we're doing right now. What about the future? How did those conversations in your head and, you know, of course, with your spouse go and how did that evolve? It it was a lot. So he was not on board at first, which I hear that all the time. Also, that's not a deal breaker necessarily. I kind of started doing this budget and it was like, I don't know, maybe three or four months before he was like, all right, what are you doing? Tell me about it. You know, Um, But at first I just kind of started, I took control of the things I could take control over. I was the one doing the grocery shopping. So I was like, well, I can control that. I can control how much we spend on meals. I can control, you know, just how how much we spend on household products. Are we wasting gas money? Like, am I running around in circles or can I do my errands in a straight line and like not use as much gas money? Just little tiny things like that. Until, and I would take that little bit of extra money, I would throw it at some of our smaller debts. And when he saw a couple of the small debts start to fall off, he's like, all right, what are you doing? All right, let's talk (laughs) about this. Um, And it kind of grew from there. But what really finally got him on board, and this kind of ties to your question, was 
thinking that really big picture. And I knew that he didn't want to work forever. He didn't even want to work until traditional retirement age. Um, Our goal has always been retiring at 50. He's almost 37. And so we're like, all right, well, that's pretty early. You know, when we started this several years ago, it didn't seem like it was quite as close as it feels like it is now. Um, But he was like, I want to retire at 50. Honestly, he would retire tomorrow if we had enough money to. But he's like, I'll settle. What are we all? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So he's like, how do we make how do we speed this up a little bit once he started to really see the progress? So we took that really long-term goal, and this is what I always recommend to people. I will probably preach this gospel for the rest of my life, but think big picture. Think like your end destination, basically, and then kind of build yourself a roadmap backwards from there. So if your big long-term goal is retire at 50, how do we make that happen? Okay, well, how much money do we have in retirement right now? A lot of times we don't know the answer to that question. I didn't when I started started digging. Okay, here we go. We, you know, learned some things about retirement, figured out how to even log into the 401k <laughs> website in the first place. That's right? not common if you don't know how to do that. <laughs> Most of my clients don't, don't know, or they're like, I don't even know what company I'm invested in. Totally normal. Totally yep. normal. So, and then you kind of work backwards. Well, I'd have to invest X number of dollars to be able to retire by age 50. All right. Well, that's the most important thing. Now, how much of a house can we afford and still invest that much? Okay, cool. So now I'm investing. Now I'm paying for my house. What's left? All right, cool. That's how much you have to spend on groceries and restaurants and whatever else. And so you just kind of work as like biggest priority backwards. And that, you know, that's how you do it. A lot of people will do it the other way around. They're like, well, I'm going to go out to eat. I'm going to buy my groceries. And then if there's money left, I'll, <laughs> I'll pay my light bill. Mm. And if there's money left, then I'll retire. It's like, that's completely backwards. So it's kind of evolved in that way that we've got long-term focused and it's not necessarily like, oh, that's the responsible thing to do. So that's why Sammy did that. No, I always tell people your long-term goal should be something so important to you that if you don't get a little teary-eyed talking about it, it's not big enough. So for us- I love that. You just gave me the chills. I love that. That's great. And I've cried on many of interviews (laughs) telling this story because it's not just about him retiring at 50. It's a whole bigger thing. It's about we spend half our life away from each other. You know, Mm. this is not- the life necessarily we dreamt of when we were 15 and 18 and all starry eyed and, oh, we're going to have a family together. (laughs) You know, we didn't dream about spending Christmases away from each other or him missing birthdays, him missing weddings, him missing funerals, him, you know, all this stuff, these big milestones that we've been away from each other for. That's not really what we dreamt of. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of pros to his job. It's really good pay. It allows us a lot of freedom, blah, blah, blah. But We would like to eat all three meals together every day, always. So that's our long-term goal, you know, Mm -hmm. and it has to be something that important because cutting back your restaurants a little bit here and there to be able to hit your retirement goals seems like nothing in comparison 
to something that's so important, it would make you cry, <laughs> you know? So how do we how do we do that? How do we really align what is most important to us, what our biggest values in life are, what we want to be at the end of our life and say, yeah, that was important and that's what I did, you know? And how do we make our money choices like parallel to that? And so that's that's kind of how our relationship with money has evolved. We've realized that it's the foundation for our entire life. So it's really important. (laughs) Yeah, no. You know, I've never heard of it described like that before. You know, certainly people talk about retirement and not having um, hardships later in life and such. But you saying that, yeah, you're right. It needs to be something that's so important that giving up these little day-to-day things feels okay, feels good, feels good, right? Yeah. And still striking that balance where you're able to, you know, grab a cup of coffee with a friend if you want Mm -hmm. to, but where you're not spending in other ways. Oh, I love that so much. So we all need to go and find our spouse and (laughs) talk about the the big, big, big picture. So now you said that your your husband wasn't initially on board, but then after he saw you kind of taking these steps and seeing the little debts decline and such, he was like right on board then. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was like a little like, okay, I have some questions, (laughs) you know, um, he's definitely the spender. I'm definitely the saver. I, you know, that's usually how it goes. There's usually Mm -hmm. one partner's one way and one's the other. That's, you know, part of that whole opposites attract kind of business. Um, but the thing that really got him fully on board was I made a timeline and I was like, Hey, if we're, if we, you know, if we stick to this budget, if we stick to this spending budget and we have X number of dollars left over every paycheck, like this is what we can do with it. We can, you know, pay off these certain amount of debts. And I had like each little line item and then like a month and a year next to every little thing. And we can hit our emergency fund could be this much and this could be this whole thing. And it eventually led all the way up until like we could cash flow um, my car. It was the first thing because we had been we had our third daughter in the middle of all of this. You know, that's how life goes. And (laughs) kind of threw that little wrench in there. And she's been doing that for almost seven years now, throwing a wrench in all of her things. That's just her in a nutshell. But yeah, so our our goal was we're going to cash flow me a car. We had been sharing a vehicle for an insane amount of years from the time we were engaged (laughs) until we had all three of our kids (laughs) because we couldn't afford a second car, which was ridiculous because we were, we had financed that truck and it was like $800 a month, which makes no sense looking back on it. Why we didn't just buy two $400 a month cars, Mm -hmm. but that's neither here nor there. Um, so we were like, okay, we're going to pay off these small debts. We're going to get our emergency fund to this amount. And then we're going to cash flow Sammy a car. And my car was like $13,000, nothing glamorous, but that's a big chunk of money, especially when you've never done anything like that before. And we just thought normal people don't cash flow vehicles like, you know, young parents. That's not yeah. something that we do. And so it was huge. It was huge. And so we did that. And then there was no stopping us after that. I mean, there was no, like, he was fully on board by then. He got to go. I stayed home with the kids. He went and my sister drove him 
like a couple hours from where we live to buy my Suburban. And this man rolls up <laughs> to the car dealership with $13,000 in cash. This is my husband yeah. in a nutshell. <laughs> And my sister's like, I wish I had it on video of him in this little tiny car dealership. It was literally just them and the receptionist and Daniel like counting $100 bills out all the way to $13,000. She was like, you could have heard a pin drop. She's like, I've never heard somebody so nervous to count that much money. Um, But that was like a life-changing experience for them, for him. And then we went on to cash flow a boat we um, cash flowed an RV. We sold our first boat, cash flowed a second, a little bit more expensive boat. Uh, he cash flowed his new truck. That was a diesel truck, which was like, that was, I mean. Oh, that's a big deal. <laughs> oh, man. The happiest day of this man's life. I've never seen him smile <laughs> like that. And he has three children. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not sure he was even that happy at their birth. No, I mean, that's not true. But he cash flowed a $25,000 truck and there was no going back from like after you do that, you're like, I'm, you're forever mm. changed, you know? Um, so it was little, it, it was little steps over the years of like getting to that point. And now he loves to like lecture his coworkers when they'll be like, well, you know, they work on, they work offshore on boats and they're like, well, I'll probably die on the boat. He's like, that's not funny. I'm retiring at 50. You know? I know someone that you should probably talk to, my wife. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. I know. He, tell, he tells them all the time. He was like, you need to go and look at my wife's Instagram. And he'll just like lecture them now because he's like, it's not funny. Like, get your money straight. What are you doing? But and, it does change yeah. you. I mean, your journey yes. to money. I know when I was in college, I remember like I, I had my own apartment and I was on my mm-hmm. own. And I remember like nothing crazy, but I remember having credit card debt. And right, it just weighed on me so heavily. And we don't realize how things like that can actually take up mental and emotional space in our heads and in our hearts. And yes. I haven't had credit card debt for quite a while now. And I think about how that weighed on me and how now I've changed from that. And it wasn't even Mm -hmm. something crazy, but it was just like paying off that little amount gave me this confidence and this freedom that I hadn't had before. And I was like, I'm never going back to credit card debt ever. It's it's Um, empowering. It is empowering. Yes. And like, like you said, just just taking the cash and putting down the hundos and being like, I'll take that suburban. Yes, there is something so empowering about that. And so it's like, I'm sure that you've seen as you've been coaching people where these little triumphs really build and it just keeps people going on their journey, right? Yes. Yeah. It starts with paying off our first, our smallest debt when we first started was literally an $8 medical bill (laughs) that I had Mm -hmm. just like not pay that was like a year old. It was these really small medical bills were like at the bottom of our list all the way up until, you know, where we are now with our, our net worth is like 360 something thousand. So from negative 500,000 to 
you know, positive 365. Like it's, it's been a really long journey and it's not something that's just going to magically happen overnight. Like it it is going to take a while, but there will be little milestones along the way that'll just kind of remind you, Oh, Hey, I'm on the right track. Okay. Actually, yes, this does feel better. (laughs) Okay. Let's keep going. And you just kind of go from there. So your relationship with money and your husband's relationship with money has completely changed over the years. Now it's, you feel comfortable with it. You feel like you're managing it. Like it's not something that you need to be afraid of or um, just ignore, right? Because I think a lot of people do that where it's just like, well, I'm just going to work paycheck to paycheck and I'm just going to pay my bills when they come and I'm not going to take really any other ownership of that. So how has that evolved for you and how has that made you feel from where you were before to where you are today? Well, it really starts to spill over into other parts of your life. And I think if you've ever done any kind of intentional living kind of journey of any kind. So for us, that was like, okay, our money really spilled over into, we realized, hey, our house is actually really big and really expensive. So what if we sold all of our stuff? We literally sold probably 70 or 80% of our belongings, which that's a few thousand dollars right there and sold our house and got a smaller house. So here we are, like our money journey suddenly morphed into a minimalism journey. And that suddenly morphed into, now we're in this really tiny house our clutter is under control. Our debt is under control. And we just kind of had so much other free time because we're not cleaning this huge house. We're not worried about debt. And we are like, you know, maybe we should like kind of work on maybe eating healthier and kind of work on maybe being a little more active and we could work on, you know, we really, we want to spend more time outdoors. So, you know, that's where the boat comes into play and let's be a little more Mm -hmm. intentional with our time that turns into, well, you know, now I feel like I have the mental capacity. I can take on homeschooling and I can take on owning my own business. And then it just kind of, it's just a ripple effect. And so any one of those things can be the thing that tips you off and kind of leads into this ripple effect for us. It just happened to be money, but I love that. Yeah. It, it will start to affect any, uh, any other aspect of your life. And basically you can't have, you know, an intentional living revolution in your life without it just kind of rippling into everything. And I don't think people realize, you know, I, I, talk about intentional parenting all the time. That's kind of my thing, right? Mm -hmm. But because money plays such a huge role in our lives, money can, you know, creep into your parenting if you're stressed about that, if you don't have that time. So it's so interesting to hear how, yes, once you started tackling the money situation, how it made you kind of restructure, reanalyze all these different aspects of your entire life. Oh yeah. And yeah. yeah. And, and, and probably having that, that space in your head to be able to do that because you weren't spending so much time stressing or thinking about money, you had a handle on it. Mm -hmm. You now had the ability to explore some of these other things. Yeah. Just, I mean, the time and energy to even just have my business, just to even homeschool my kids. Like I was so much in survival mode and so overwhelmed with the debt, with the clutter, with the, you know, not making healthy choices with my food, you know, all the things I was completely in survival mode. And so it's just, you got to take like one step and then just, you know, the next step and then the next step and then you just keep going. 
yeah. That's wonderful. I yeah. love it. So money now, yeah. now it's a tool that you're using versus something to like conquer. Yes. Yes. Now you kind of know the ins and outs of finances and money. And I'm sure that you're always researching and learning these things. But now you've figured out how to actually make your money work for you. And yes, when you get a handle on that, like you said, paying cash on things, and then you realize, oh, you mean I don't have to pay interest on this? That's amazing. Right. And you and you see how that can actually impact the long term. These things are really important. You know, it's like that credit score. If you have a good credit score, that could end up helping you to the tune of like tens of thousands of dollars over your right. course of your life, you know. But let's back up a little bit because yeah. this podcast is geared towards mamas, as you know. <laughs> and I'm sure you're finding that so many moms are the ones that are managing the family finances. Definitely. More and more, right? Just for someone starting off, what would you tell them as they begin their journey? What are the rules, the tips, and the strategies that they can use that will help them on this journey? Yeah, definitely. So first of all, I would say you're not alone. Like it's, it feels scary. It feels overwhelming. It feels shameful. A lot of times it feels like, why, did, why am I such a screw up? Why did I make these mistakes? I'm the only one who's suffering like this. I'm the only one who doesn't know what they're doing. None of that is true. Um, you're completely normal. You're not alone at all. You're, you know, it, it's just, it's, just, it's super normal. It's always one of the first things I will tell my clients is like, okay, well that's normal. You know, people are like, I don't actually, I don't even know what my credit card balance is, or I don't, I don't know. I think I have a retirement account. I'm not really sure. And there's, and they're like, I'm so sorry. Okay. That's okay. You're not alone. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So first of all, know that. You're definitely not alone. I, I'm pretty sure that no one could tell me a money story at this point that I haven't already heard. I've heard all of them. <laughs> I've heard the bankruptcy. I've heard the foreclosures. I've heard the repossessions. I've heard the, you know, all the things. So you're not alone. Um, but basically, just to make it really simple, what I would say is if you've never done a budget before, you feel completely overwhelmed. The very first thing that you need to do is grab a piece of paper and just write down the next time you get paid, the next time your family gets paid, whatever that is, if that's you, that's your partner, whatever, um, what day it is. And then you're going to make like a budget period length. So say you were to get paid every other Friday. So your budget period would start on that Friday. And would go all the way until the day before the next paycheck. Write that at the top. How much is that paycheck going to be? And then just write what bills are due during that length of time. Just in that two-week period. What bills are going to be due. How much they are. Then all you need to know is, well, what do I need for spending for that two weeks? Just worry about that two weeks. What, how much will I need to spend on groceries? How much will I need to spend on gas? Do we have any appointments, doctor's appointments, haircut appointments, chiropractor, whatever it is? Do we need to spend any money on that? You know, look at the calendar. What's going on? Oh, it's so-and-so's birthday on Saturday. Well, that's going to be $50. You know, fun money. Did you already tell the kids we could go and do something? Are we going to want to pick up pizza? What, like what's going on? There's your spending money. 
is there any money left over? I mean, it's really just paycheck minus bills minus spending. If there's Mm -hmm. not any money left over, okay, well, let's work backwards. Where can we cut back? Maybe we only spend $30 on that person's birthday. Maybe we don't pick up pizza. You know, you just kind of work backwards until the numbers work. It's okay (laughs) if it doesn't work the first time. A lot of times it doesn't work the first time and you have to go back. If you've cut your spending back, you can't cut it anymore. Well, is there a bill that maybe you could pay like a couple days late? A lot of times they'll have grace periods. It's not the end of the world. Um, Or is there a way that you could earn a little extra income? You're like, yeah, you know, I could sell that thing I've been wanting to sell on Facebook Marketplace. Or I could, you know, maybe you DoorDash on the weekends or something. You know, how how do you make those numbers work? No shame if they don't work, but okay, we can't just, you know, get mad and walk off. Like, okay, how do we make it work? Mm-hmm. Um, if there is money left over, what do we need to apply it to? So we've got the, the bare necessities are covered. The bills are paid. We have grocery money. We have gas money. We're good. This money's extra. What do we want to do with it? Do we need to set it aside for like Christmas or clothes shopping or a vacation that's coming up? Something like that. Do we need to save some? Is our emergency fund like either non-existent or lacking? Uh, Do we need to pay a little bit extra above the minimums on our debt? Or do we need to kind of do a combination of those things? That's up to you. There's not a right or wrong. It's really just like, what are your priorities for the next steps? Then you do all that for the next payday. And then you do it all for the next payday and you just kind of take it, you know, two weeks, one week, a month, however often you get paid, you just take it one paycheck at a time. And that's a budget. Like that's literally it. The, where it really becomes successful, I think, is when you do it several months in advance. For my clients, I like to give them a year in advance at first because that really helps you zoom out. That really helps you be like, okay, yeah, you will have enough for Christmas. We're just going to divvy it up over these like next 10 paydays or something. Or yeah, you're going on that vacation next spring break. We're kind of counting the paydays. Yeah, that works. Okay, good. You know, and you can kind of like think more big picture, really kind of helps you zoom out and not feel so overwhelmed. And so then, you know, you've got really, you're, you're zoomed out. You've got a plan. That's a budget. I love that take on it because, uh, again, I think that some sh- some financial experts kind of get stuck in just the long term. Right. Um, but I do love that you're like, well, let's let's allow for that restaurant <laughs> budget right. to exist, and looking yeah. at well, birthdays, like let's be realistic because I feel like some mm-hmm. of those you're just setting yourself up to be other strategies. I mean, you're setting yourself up either to fail or to be miserable. Mm -hmm. And so I really love your strategy. And I know that you definitely recommend putting different money towards different accounts. Yes. Yes. And categories. Yeah. So like we, like I just said, like you have your list of bills, you have your list of spending. I always separate those two out. And so I would literally have separate bank accounts for those. And so all your bills money is in your bills account. You have a debit card attached to that, you know, so you can pay your bills online or write a check if you need to, whatever you need to do. And then on payday, you would kind of transfer over your spending allowance. Like, okay, we have a thousand dollars to spend for this two weeks. That's going to get us groceries. That's going to get us gas, restaurants, 
fun money, whatever that is, that's all you're spending. And you would just transfer that $1,000 or however much you decide to your spending account. And the good thing is this really helps to hold you accountable because you're really only swiping that spending debit card, you know, because that way you can't accidentally spend the money that's supposed to be sitting in the bank waiting on the mortgage to come out or something. You don't have to remember, oh, wait, I wrote that check and they haven't cashed it yet, <laughs> you know, uh, whatever that is. So with your spending money, you can literally just log on to your online bank and it says you have $350 left. And you're like, all right, cool. I know I have five days till payday. That works. We can make that work. And it might be more complicated to set up initially, but yeah. it simplifies everything. Oh, it's it's so simple. I mean, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And I always, people always ask like, should I get these at the same bank? I would personally, um, I have clients who they, they have, they use two or three different banks. As long as you can transfer that money instantly, like that's the thing you want because on payday you're like, okay, bam, here's my spending money. I'm leaving my bills money in the bills account. Okay. What's extra. It immediately needs to leave the account that extra. It needs to go set aside for Christmas. It needs to go to the savings account. It needs to get paid towards that credit card, whatever it is, it needs to leave somewhere. So your bills account really gets to be like a set it and forget it kind of account. Mm. Your spending is the one that you're really like carrying it around. That's where most of your transactions are happening. Everything else like, your savings is already done. Your debt's already done, whatever that is. Um, and then you really don't spend that much time between paydays really thinking about money at all because your bills set it and forget it. Your savings is already done. Your debt extra payments are already done. Your Christmas money, it's already set aside in a another like third account. Um, and then your spending is really all you have to keep up with. And that's, you know, and you have that limit because you've only transferred that certain amount of money. So you basically have to stay on budget or get an overdraft fee <laughs> or make yeah. a real conscious decision to transfer money out of savings, which puts that extra step. You're like, do I want to pull this out of savings? Do I really need it? You know. Oh, sure. I hadn't even thought about that. But just that right. extra step, right? The path of yeah. least resistance is what leads us into trouble sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes you're like, okay, legitimately, like the kids are sick. I had to DoorDash five times this week. I busted the budget. It is what it is. I mean, that this, mm -hmm. that's real life. It happens. Pull $100 or $200 out of your emergency fund. That's what it's there for. But at least you have to stop and think, do I really need that? Do I really need 200? No, 100 would be fine. You know, and you really puts that extra step there where you stop, you ask yourself, you don't just go and do it frivolously, like hopefully not, you know, but yeah, well, it, it, it's so helpful. Yes. And I, it's going to be transformative on, like you said, all these aspects of your life. But I know for me, I've listened to your podcast and um, there was one episode in particular and Sammy, I just love you because you're like, listen, this is how it is, folks. Okay. And I, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to be you have to be upfront with your money and you have to have these honest conversations. And I remember listening to one of your episodes and you were like, it's not your shopping problem or no, how did you word it? It's you. Something about how right. like, that's so true. And, and again, we, we have to spend money. Okay. That's just a reality of life. Yeah. 
But it can get out of control. And we live in this society where we are constantly being shown these messages of consuming something, right? Consuming, consuming, consuming. And it can get out of control. And I know I felt that when I was in college. And believe me, it's still something that I have to kind of ward off and fight. I mean, I remember, I mean, I was in college and it was like, you're buying $500 shoes. Like, I don't know who the hell I thought I was. I mean, seriously. And you know what? They're in my closet. I've worn them like six times and they're beautiful, but it made no sense at all. We have to keep ourselves in check. And I feel like if we don't have a system in place, a budget, something where we're really watching it, it's so easy to just spend and not even know where our money is going. There was this meme going around. I'm sure you saw it, but it was something about how, I don't know, it was like $25 a day equals $10,000 a year. I don't even know if the math on that is right, but it's something like that. And that just really sat with me for a while because you don't realize how those little itty bitty purchases can add up. And if you're intentional and you allow for them because you know that like, hey, I need that little perk in the morning on just on Wednesdays and I'm going to get that cup of coffee, that's fine if you're being intentional with it. But if you're just spending your money foolishly without even recognizing where it's all going, it's only a matter of time. And then you're going to end up 10 years later like me going, if I wouldn't have bought all those shoes, what could I have right now? Honestly, that is an honest statement. I know. I know. We do the same thing. We, I mean, we all, we've made our first share of mistakes also. And a lot of times it's like, okay, can't go back and change the past. We just got to, you know, start over where we are. And I also tell my clients all the time, you're going to screw up. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I mean, there's not yes. like, any way around that. I mean, like, have you ever raised a child? Like <laughs> we would never tell our kids, you know, you have to be exactly perfect. Don't ever make Mm-mm. a mistake. Don't ever, you know, make a mess. Don't ever regret a purchase. Like, I mean, okay. Why would we say, why would we put that same restrictions on ourselves? You know, yeah. you're not going to be perfect you, your budget's not going to be perfect. That doesn't mean that you can't try. That doesn't mean that you can't be like 90% successful at it. That's okay. Is you, yeah. you know, you'd rather be. Um, so the good thing is, is that every payday gets to be a clean slate. And I will mm. literally, I have, um, worksheets that I use with my clients and I sell them on my website also. And you can kind of like collapse, you can kind of like minimize um, every budget period. And I'll do that a lot. I'm like, all right, we're hiding this one. It was a dumpster fire, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> today is payday and we are going to start over. Okay. How much is in your bank account right now? And that's like how our budgeting, that's how the coaching sessions will start off nine times out of 10. All right. It's okay. It was a mistake. It's, you know, okay. You were sick. I get it. Okay. Yeah. And we'll just start over. And that's what you do. And that's how it goes. Um, But to go back to your $10,000 a day, it is $27 and like some change a day adds up to $10,000. It's wow. It's very small. And you're just like, oh, man, that's like that's less than running through drive through. Like, it's not that much. Yeah. Yeah. And And it's that connection. (laughs) 
right oh there. yeah. And, and it's that connection from the little picture to the big picture and striking yeah. that balance that's so important. You know, yeah. you, you were just talking about something and, you know, being able to have this, this clean slate. And yes. it just, in my head, I'm just like, oh, that's so healthy. Like what a healthy relationship <laughs> to have, right? And I wanted to ask you as a homeschooling mama and just as a parent in general, how do we teach our kids to have this healthy relationship? Of course, we want to model it and have one ourselves, but how are you going to teach your children about these very important matters? A lot. I think if you kind of stick on, we're we're very non-traditional homeschoolers. We're kind of more unschoolers than anything um, that occasionally pick up a book here and there. Like that's kind of us. And so for Mm -hmm. us, it's a lot of like, we live out loud in front of our kids. And that could be even if your kids go to public school, it doesn't matter. You know, if you kind of live out loud in front of your kids, you talk things through with them. Like the other night, we were on a walk, we were coming back from the park, and my girls are all like, what are we having for dinner? And I said, I don't know, we'll see when we get home, you know. And one of them is like, we should go to McDonald's. The other one's like, we, I don't know, I want Pizza Hut. The other one's like, no, I want Chick-fil-A. And I was like, okay, well, all of you are wrong, because we've, <laughs> we've already spent our restaurant budget. They're like, what? I said, um, in the past two weeks, we've gotten Pizza Hut delivered, and we got Chick-fil-A one night, remember? That was our restaurant budget. And they're like, oh, man, you know, it's very simple conversations with that. It's not a scarcity. It's not like, well, we're broke because you guys drug me to Chick-fil-A. You know, it's not that. It's we intentionally chose. That's what we did those two nights for dinner. And these are the expectations we've set up with our budget. We allowed enough to go out to eat twice in a two week period and we're done. You know, a new budget will start over on Thursday and maybe we can get Chick-fil-A that night or something. And then they just know that like, oh, there's, it's not a scarcity type thing. It's an intentional type thing. And it's, it's just little conversations like that. And, and just, you know, talking through like, well, you got two snacks on the grocery order. That's, that's all you're getting. You know, that's because this is how, what our total is. And that's what our grocery budget was. And it's just little life lessons that, you know, that intentionality is what's really important. Living out loud in front of them, explaining things when they have questions. It doesn't have to be a scarcity type thing. It doesn't have to be an argument. It doesn't have to be a, well, do you think money grows on trees? That really doesn't Mm -hmm. help anyone. Let's explain it to them. Let's explain, you know, that's why daddy goes to work. Like, that's why mama does her coaching calls. Like, we're we're earning money for the family and we just explain it and just live in front of them. Yeah. And I love this idea of, again, modeling this healthy relationship where it's like, well, this is what we did, you know, whatever your budget schedule is. This is what we did this week. And so next week we can do this in order to learn from that or in order to make space or make money for this thing that you want to do. It's just the learning opportunities are great when you have it structured that way. It's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's, there's tons of little moments you can do, you know, like, well, we love Dollar Tree. That's our favorite place to go. And so, you know, we talk about 
everything, you know, everything's a dollar, it's a dollar twenty five now, but that's fine. And we'll talk about what well, you can you can each get two things, you know, and that's what you know we kind of do. That's a little bit of a budget. Or we have a thrift store that we love to go to, and they know every time we go to the thrift store, they each get five dollars. I don't care how you spend that $5. You get five things. You get one thing. You save up your money. And next time you get a $10 thing. And it's just little, you know, little moments like that. And they, I think they'll take that with them. Yeah, absolutely. We have to lead by example. And, and again, I think we live in this society where, um, just to circle back where a lot of money matters are in the shadows and all that we're really told is, well, you need to go to work. You need to pay taxes. You need to, you know, you need to pay your bills. But all, but also there's this pressure, well, you also need to have a big house and you also need to have two vehicles in the garage. And we all just need to, right? And we all just need to kind of sit back and go, well, what do we actually need? And if it's pressure from society or whoever you're running around with making you feel like you need these things, is that really what is aligned with what you were talking about, your long-term goals? I really love the the methods that you use, Sammy. They're, they're so helpful. They're practical. Yeah. And it serves families in such a beautiful way. I have to ask you if you have any upcoming projects. And then, of course, if you have any advice, encouragement, thoughts, any resources that you'd like to share as some as some final thoughts for our mamas yeah. that are listening. Yeah. Just to reiterate, you know, that again, it doesn't have to be perfect. It probably never will be perfect. Just start with those couple of tips that I said, you know, with just lining out like, okay, what bills are due? What spending do I need? And just let it go from there. You don't have to do it all at once. Just dig in kind of, you know, get in and start digging around in it and asking questions and figuring, you know, figuring out, finding resources. That's the beauty of the internet. We have Instagram, we have YouTube. There's so many places that you can get free resources and kind of dig around and like watch these videos or read these posts without having to really like, you know, put a spotlight on you that maybe you don't know all the answers until you start to feel a little more confident with it and kind of go from there. Um, but yeah, as far as like projects coming up, um, I have my podcast, A Sunny Side Up Life podcast. Um, I've just started a new season. So there are new episodes coming out. There's also like 150 something old episodes that you can go back and kind of um, binge through. And they're so great. I'm so proud of it. It's an amazing free resource. I also have a free five-day email challenge um, that you can sign up for. And, you know, I'm, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I have a Facebook group. Um, I also offer the budgeting worksheets that I use with my coaching clients every day. They work through Google Sheets. They're super easy. It comes with like a setup video. They're only 20 bucks. So it's very, you know, beginner friendly, kind of available for everybody. And then if, you know, anything I said resonated with anyone, I, I do offer one-on-one -on -one budget coaching and I love to like really dig in. That's the heart and soul of what I do. Cause you can really, when you get face to face with someone and you can really figure out them personally and specifically their family, their goals, their strengths and weaknesses, that's really where the magic happens. So that's the thing I'm most passionate about, but you know, kind of the whole spectrum of like from free resources all the way, you know, up to, to personalized coaching and everything in between. So, yeah. 
I love your work. It is so great. It is. And it's so perfect for moms who, well, it's perfect for anybody, but especially for moms who are maybe a little intimidated or who are just getting started. I just love your practical, very balanced approach. It's it's wonderful. And I have to thank you for your time, Sammy. You are awesome. Before I let you go, I do want to ask, I always ask my guests if they have a favorite book, perhaps what they're reading now or a book that you've read in the past that has been super transformative for your life that you kind of tell everybody that they need to get in their hands. Yeah. So I am, I'm back on a Brene Brown kick. She's my favorite Mm. author. Um, And she has a new book, Atlas of the Heart or To the Heart or something like that. I just started it. So um, I assume it's going to be a great, I'm like two days into it, but all of her books are like, go listen or read whatever you do all of her books they're the best um yeah because you know especially about money I think a lot of people they want like a money book but for me I'm like do the mindset work (laughs) always Mm. do the mindset work do the heart work and it'll it'll translate into your money for sure yeah Oh, I love that. That's so true. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sammy. I really appreciate you bestowing us with your wisdom today. And I will link all of your um, handles, your Instagram, your podcast, and um, other the the free resources that you have, as well as links to your, you know, online budget coaching link and such. So thank you again for your time. You are awesome. And you are making a difference for a lot of people. You certainly are for me. So thank you. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and that you found it to be extremely helpful in fostering a healthy relationship with money. Please go follow Sammy as she is just a wealth of knowledge in this area in such an approachable way. And please share this episode with someone else who can maybe use a little encouragement. I would love it if you would follow and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because this helps other mamas find me. As always, we are in this together. Take care.